199 Proof is a show where we take spirits and place them in head-to-head competitions against each other, evaluating them neat and in the drinks they frequently make. We pledge that we will try at least 199 versions of each mixed drink we choose in a rigorous, bracketed-style tournament of data-driven drinking. Just not all at once. Welcome to another episode of 199 Proof Data-Driven Drinking, where we take science and data and use them to answer that very important question, what else is there to drink from the United Kingdom that's good? There are a lot of great gins in the UK. Our choices are really unlimited. However, I think we've picked four tonight that are really delicious and really different. Absolutely. In fact, we started out with more than four. We had a little play-in before the show started. We did have a play-in, a warm-up. Exactly. Just to make sure that we were really bringing some good stuff for you tonight. Yeah. And the ones that got left out, they're no slouches themselves, but this is going to be a really fun episode. Absolutely. The first one I'm bringing is one of the first gins that I got into. It was recommended to me real strongly by the guy at the liquor store, and I knew really nothing about gin at the time. And, you know, he told me it's interesting. It's got a kind of a unique flavor profile, and I sort of read the the booklet on there. It's called Opir Oriental. It traces the oriental spice route from Indonesia through Turkey and up through the Mediterranean, up around the coast of Portugal and Spain, and eventually coming back to London, where they brought all of these beautiful spices and botanicals and used them in gin. O-P-I-H-R is pronounced Opir. Sure is. Okay. Well, my first gin is Bulldog Gin. And here's the interesting thing about Bulldog. It gets extremely different quality reviews from different sites. Now, what do you do when you're data-driven and one site says, it's okay, one site says, hey, it's good. Well, tonight we're gonna find out how good it really is and which sites are telling the truth. Oh, interesting, I like that. My second gin also has a bit of a pronunciation problem and they solve that by putting the pronunciation right on the front of the bottle. It's called Karun and it's spelled C-A-O-R-U-N-N. It's Scottish and they do some real funky stuff to the English language in Scotland. I end up curling with a lot of people from Scotland and as we talk and drink, you know, we kind of recommend things to each other. People know I'm into gin. This has been recommended more than once and I figured it's widely available here. Let me grab a bottle and bring it to the table. I was kind of impressed the first time that you pronounced it until I realized that you can just look at the bottle and there's a phonetic spelling right there. The second one I bring is Plymouth Gin. You bastard. Yes, you did in fact bring the Plymouth Navy strength. That is true. I did. But the reason I'm bringing Plymouth is that I was at a conference not too long ago And at the after party, I wanted to bring a good gin, you know, don't show up empty-handed and all that. Right, so you said, hey, let me take my partner's suggestion and bring it here and claim it as my own. I get it, go on. Actually, I wanted pretty much to find anything good except for what you might have had an influence on me, but they didn't have the things that I wanted. But there was a bottle of Plymouth, and I thought, the Navy is good, maybe the regular is too, and that's what I brought, and that's what I'm bringing tonight. Interesting. I'm really excited about tonight's episode. I think that we have four good gins. In the end, I know both of us absolutely win, but I think everybody's going to really benefit from this. This is going to be a good episode with good benefits to listeners. And if one of yours wins, on the website, we'll put the pronunciation guide for the winning gin. 
Deal. Let's do it. Over many, many cocktails, we've developed over 40 characteristics to evaluate spirits. For gin, we've selected the 10 most relevant, six taste dimensions and four non-taste factors. Together, these comprise our 10-point scoring system. The six key taste dimensions are smooth or sharp, strong or weak, boozy or sneaky, simple or complex, balanced or unbalanced, adaptable or limited, plus these four non-taste dimensions, sophistication or snob appeal, novelty, availability, price, or snap. All right, the first matchup, Karoon versus Plymouth, the neat round. Mark, smooth or sharp, which one do you give the nod to? I think Karoon's really smooth. It's funny because the first sip is a little sharp. Every subsequent taste after that is incredibly smooth. However, Plymouth is exceptionally smooth, first sip to the last. I agree. Karoon is a good, smooth contender that would take this point in a lot of contests, just not this one. Yeah, I'll concede that one. Strong or weak? To me, Karoon is not as strong. I like the flavor, actually. It's a nice, smooth juniper flavor. It's just not as strong. I'll agree with you there. Plymouth is definitely a much stronger flavor than, than Karoon does. All right. When it comes to sneaky versus boozy, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I'm going to say that Plymouth comes across as slightly boozy. I'm going to say Karoon comes across as sneaky as hell. I have never had a sneakier neat gin than Karoon. Yeah, it's sort of disturbing how sneaky this is. And we're at about 150 gins between us and our personal collections. Yeah. That's saying something. It's saying a lot. Simple versus complex. Plymouth doesn't seem real complex to me. It seems a real traditional juniper forward gin to me, and it does it really well. Karoon, to me, has a lot more going on. It hits a lot more places in the mouth to me, and it hits them all really well. I'm gonna advocate for Karoon on this one. All right, fair enough. To me, it was a little closer than that, but fair enough. Balanced. I was thinking Karoon was fairly balanced with a slight touch of unbalanced there, and Plymouth is a little better balanced. What do you think? What do you find unbalanced about Karun? This is the, the, the pause to try it again, to see if it's <laughs> explainable. By the way, it gets harder to explain these things when we've had a bunch of them within a couple hours. Don't tell people that we're professionals. Oh, we still do it, because we're totally professionals. To me, it leans a little heavy on the copper pot spiciness, but after that, it's not quite as fully balanced on the remainder of the taste to me. I'm not sure I buy that argument. However, I also feel like Plymouth is very well balanced. It doesn't hit everywhere that I want it to hit, but I think part of that is that it's so traditional and juniper forward and sort of category defining that blazed the trail for a lot of other gins to come that it's going to end up being an asset when you go to the tonic round. All right. Sounds like you're arguing for a push here. I was leaning towards Karoon earlier, but I see what you're talking about. I could go for a push. All right, let's leave it at that. Adaptable, they both seem like they're gonna be adaptable. What do you say we give that a push since we haven't actually tried them with anything yet? Yeah, I think they're both going to be pretty adaptable and it's really difficult to predict that either one would be getting the point here. All right, well, that's two, two, and two. 
two wins for Plymouth, two wins for Karun, and two pushes, I guess it comes down to the tonic run. If we must. We must indeed. Excellent. Let's do it then. All right. For all the marbles, Karun, Plymouth, and tonic. Right. Let's start with you this time. Fair enough. Plymouth. It's strong, but I think the tonic comes through a bit more than I would like. And Karun, not as strong. Still a little bit of the tonic dominant. It's a tough one for me, but I guess strong with a little tonic is better than not as strong with a little tonic to me. Well, that's interesting. I come to the same end result, but I get there slightly differently. To me, the Karun isn't strong. It's just dominated by the tonic and a simple two to one ratio. We're not going three or four to one like some do. Two to one ratio, Fever Tree, Premium Indian, Tonic to Karun Gin, it loses a lot to me. Whereas the Plymouth, I think it stands up just fine. The Plymouth does punch through nicely. I wish it would sort of subsume the tonic taste more than it does, but it definitely doesn't disappear. No, it doesn't disappear. I get the sense or the feeling that Karun does disappear slightly to me. Did you try it with different ratios to see? I did. You saw me pouring uh, more into the graduated cylinder. I went to a one-to-one ratio and it came through a lot better, but it was still a little tonic dominant, which I was surprised at a one-to-one ratio on that. But our system is based on a two-to-one ratio. And at that point, the tonic is too dominant for me. Our system is actually legitimately using, yes, graduated cylinders for perfection. Yeah, no, we're that nerdy about it. We that are. consistent about it, I meant. That was that was a <laughs> no, mispronunciation. I, I, I think you should definitely compliment us on being nerdy. No, we totally are. I, you know, as much as we like to drink, even if we're going to go deep on some of these nights, you know, you need to have a standard, and the standard has to be science if we're going to call this data-driven drinking. And science relies on things like graduated cylinders. Ergo, we rely on things like graduated cylinders. Speaking of graduated cylinders and science, it sounds like you're not really feeling the chemistry with Karun. I'm not really feeling the chemistry with Karun. I think that it's smooth, but I think it's smooth because it kind of disappears and we don't award points for disappearing. No, and I would say they're both smooth and they're both sneaky after you add the tonic. True. And neither of those is going to be a big win. Plymouth is smooth to me in a different way. Karun kind of disappears and, and that's why it's smooth to me in the gin and tonic round. Neat, it's super smooth. The Plymouth is really smooth as a gin and tonic to me. Mm. And I would award the point to Plymouth on this one. All right, fair enough. I also found that there was actually a little more complexity from the Plymouth, both a little more than the Karun and a little more than there was without the tonic. I'd agree with you on that. Again, the Karun kind of disappears and with that disappearing act goes the complexity for me. The Plymouth in the neat round, while it's a very sort of buttoned up traditional gin, in a gin and tonic, that kind of comes through and the places in the mouth that it didn't hit neat, it now hits with a gin and tonic to create a really well-balanced drink. As old as the gin itself is, it sounds like you're saying maybe the tonic was designed to fill in the spaces. Yeah, I think it was. I think, you know, aside from, you know, your tough gruff sailors, you know, most people probably weren't super excited about drinking gin straight. Mm. Balanced? Well, like we've said before, we don't give points to a disappearing act, so I can't advocate for Karun on this one. On the other hand, I think 
Plymouth really on its own makes a very well-balanced gin and tonic. Well, it sounds like you're really, really feeling it with Plymouth. Adaptable, it sounds like you're going to say adaptable doesn't equal invisible and you can't advocate for a Karoon there either. I don't want you to put words in my mouth, but if you were to put words in my mouth, those would be the words I would use. Yeah. On the other hand, I really like how Plymouth works with tonic. And this is a strong flavored tonic. And I like how it works with that. But I think that Plymouth would work in a lot of other drinks as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, it started out really, really close in the neat round, but it sounds like we have a pretty clear victor here in Plymouth. Yeah, our scoring system uses a set of guidelines. And within the set of guidelines, Plymouth walks away with this one. And even if we just look at it outside the scoring system, that's a good tasting gin and tonic with Plymouth. It's a great gin and tonic. In fact, I don't necessarily know that I'd use the word quintessential gin and tonic, but if I'm thinking about a very traditional, non-botanical heavy gin and tonic, this is what I think about. Well, it sounds like we're going to pronounce Plymouth the winner and head on to the other half of the bracket with your other unpronounceable gin to see how O'Pier does. I believe you're thinking of O'Pier. <laughs> and yes, Plymouth, I agree, wins this side of the bracket. Oh, you're so creepy. If there were a quintessential creepy announcer voice, you'd definitely be in the running. Nice. So you're saying I have a future and I'm seeing phone calls. You know, in today's world, there probably is a job posting for obscene phone call makers somewhere in like... <sighs> let's take it to the second half of the bracket. <laughs> oh, let's do it quick, too. All right, the other half of the bracket, the neat round, Bulldog versus Opier. What are your thoughts on the smoothness here? I was shocked. Bulldog is smooth, but Opier is just as smooth and just so much stronger. Really impressive. It's got such a strong flavor to it. It tells a story in the way it presents itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the story thing, but I will say it's complex to an extent that I could not have imagined. And yet it's incredibly smooth at the same time. It's one of these things to me that it's got so many flavors going on, but I still know I'm drinking gin. And it starts in one place, it ends in a completely different place, and I really like everything it has to say. It starts in Indonesia and ends in London. All right, well, fair enough. And it takes a spicy route to get there, is that what you're trying to say? You like the GPS, the gin positioning system? <laughs> it starts off in the bottle, it ends in my mouth, and I love it! <laughs> Another crazy thing for me is that the Bulldog is a little unbalanced to me. The Opier is so much more complex and yet more balanced. It's so well balanced, right? It hits everywhere in the mouth, sometimes twice. Uh, the Bulldog's really good. I, I don't want to take anything away from it. It's a little unbalanced to me. It comes across a little sweet, which I have trouble reconciling that neat. Maybe that'll work with some mixers and, and it'll turn out to be really adaptable. But for having so many things going on, yeah, the Opier really is well-balanced. Yeah, tasting by itself, 
the Bulldog is good. Tasting it next to the Opier, it's no contest. It's almost like you're drinking two completely different classes of, of spirits here. Yes, and Opier just takes the round and a walkover. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Let's put these guys with some tonic and see where things shake out. Let's do it. All right, the tonic round. Bulldog versus Opier. Mark, kick us off. In the tonic round, I find Opier's strong flavor profile still shines through, yet it's still really smooth. I agree with both those things. I just don't love the peppery overtones. To me, it's less balanced than the Bulldog is now. That's kind of curious because I think that it's actually still really balanced and the complexity kind of opens up a bit to me and I'm tasting a bit more of the other botanicals other than the black pepper. I understand that it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think if this is your cup of tea, you're gonna love this cup of tea. Let me put it a different way. It might not be everyone's cup of gin, but if this is your cup of gin, you're gonna really love this cup of gin. I love this cup of gin. Okay, fair enough. I think it is smooth and it's really complex. It's nice and strong. It's sneaky. It is sneaky. It ends on a pepper. It does. And, and I'm like, eh, I'd like it to end on a little bit more of a balanced note. It ends on a pepper to me. It also ends on cubebs, which are also peppery without that sort of spice to it. I really like this flavor direction that it takes. I, I really do. And I know that's a personal preference thing, and I know that we're data-driven, but I can't separate that from this. All right, fair enough. Smooth. They're both smooth. Sneaky, they're both, they're both smooth. Well, you know what? Let me talk about the Bulldog for a second because I think the Bulldog comes across much better as a gin and tonic to me than it did neat. I agree with that. I feel that its, it's smoothness goes way up with tonic. It really mixes well. I feel like the strong flavor actually comes through and that the sweetness is tempered slightly. Yeah. So it makes a much more adaptable drink. Yeah, it's nice and adaptable. The other thing is it's very cohesive to me. It is. The sweetness still kind of leads for me, which, again, this is personal preference. I prefer the opier to that sweeter flavor, but that's personal preference. All right. What we're finding is that Bulldog is good, but opier is stronger and just as smooth, just as sneaky. We're going to disagree, I guess, on balanced, but... We're not going to disagree on complex. I don't see how we could if we're trying to be objective here. Yeah, which means that even if you give Bulldog balance, which is still in dispute, Opier is going to be the clear winner here. Despite the fact that it's the gin that I'm bringing to the table, I'm happy to hear you say that because I believe that's true. And I don't think that takes anything away from Bulldog. I'm fine drinking that. I'm happy to drink that. I prefer Opier. For a lot of reasons, some of them personal preference, some of them because it's just a stronger, punchier gin to me. Yeah, I would be perfectly happy to drink a Bulldog, high-quality tonic, and a lime. But Opier is stronger, and it deserves to be the winner. All right. That sets up a really interesting uh, final round here because we have Plymouth, which couldn't be more traditional. I, I mean, not even printed on the bottle in glass embossed on the bottle, established 1793 against Opier, which takes that time period and the spice route back to London. We're talking about philosophical differences here. If we were to shorten that, it would be something like traditional versus very non-traditional. Wow. Way to just take the piss out of this. Great. Sure. 
Or how about this? A versus B. A. Oh, Pierre. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get to it. All right, the final matchup. Opier in one corner and Plymouth in another corner, starting with the neat round. I find the Plymouth to be really smooth. I find the Opier to be exceptionally smooth as well. Yeah, to me, they're just amazingly smooth for neat gins, and we're going to get a push out of this. What about strength? What's your thoughts on strength? I find them both really strong. They're very strong in very different ways. Opier is like an explosion of different stuff, and Plymouth is classic strong gin. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better. Plymouth is really just that sort of quintessential London gin. Opier, on the other hand, it's a gin that just tells a tale throughout the glass. Where they really differ is complexity. I think they're both strong, but the complexity point, not even close. No, it's not. Where Plymouth is your very standard juniper forward British gin, Opier has just so much going on. It's crazy that something with that much going on is still that good and actually fairly balanced. Although I'd give the edge to Plymouth there. You're going to give the edge to Plymouth because it's got a real heavy black pepper finish, the Opier does. Yes. And, right. It does. I like that, but it definitely trends towards unbalanced in a neat way. Whereas Plymouth is just a well-balanced, good gin. I agree with that. They're both good and sneaky, which is a little crazy because this is neat gin we're talking about. Yeah, neither one of them are particularly high alcohol content, but still, neat gin, both around almost 42% alcohol, and they're both pretty sneaky. Now, the Plymouth is a little boozier. I don't know if it's enough to be worth a point here. In good conscience, I can't award Opier the point for being sneakier based on that. Not neat, anyway. All right, fair enough. Adaptable, I feel like we've had them both with Tonic. They're both adaptable, but we're not at the point where we can compare them side by side, and this is a TBD. It is. If I had to make a prediction, I would think that Plymouth is going to be more adaptable in more of your gin cocktails just because Opier has such a unique flavor profile to it and that it finishes real heavily on that black pepper. So I wouldn't necessarily reach for it for things like an aviation, but on the other hand, I would totally put it into like, you know, a Gin Bloody Mary or, you know, a couple of other things. Martinez, I think, just would go really well with. You might be right. But on the other hand, I remember the last few weeks have been full of surprises. What do you say we just put TBD, stick some tonic in them, and find out? All right, let's do it. That means, once again, the winner of the tonic round is going to take it because we have a one-to-one and pushes for everything else. It's really interesting because they're so different and I like them both a lot. Yeah, and when we get to the end, we may decide that there's a winner, but also if you're in the mood for X, you can't go wrong with the other one. We still have to pick a winner though. We do. Let's do it. Okay, the final matchup. Opier, Plymouth with Tonic. For all the marbles. 
I find Opier to be super duper smooth. Absolutely. I would not take anything away from it, but Plymouth is smooth enough too that I don't see a point here. Uh, yeah, I didn't figure you were going to ask me about Plymouth, but that's super smooth too. Also, Opier is really strong. Super in strong. A, in a very interesting way. Plymouth is really strong in a classic way. Yeah, got to agree with you on that one too. I tend to really like the flavor of Opier, but if I'm thinking about a classic quintessential gin and tonic, I'm thinking Plymouth. All right. Net, net, no point here. Nope. Sneaky, I see a push. Total push. They're both super sneaky. They both really work. Complexity, Opier, and a walkover. You'd be stupid not to say that. It is crazy how complex that is. There's so much going on. And yet, it's still pretty balanced. It's just that, to me, maybe a slight bit more balanced for Plymouth because of the lack of pepper. I love everything that Opier does. I love the flavors of it. But it does trend a little too much towards the cubebs and black pepper. I have to agree that the balance point goes to Plymouth on this one. As much as I don't want to admit it, but that's a personal flavor preference. I like pepper, and I like what Opier does with it. But yeah, balanced, Plymouth without a doubt. What's interesting is that you're advocating against your interests because of that integrity that you have. I'm going to do the same. I think Plymouth is a little more balanced. I'm not sure it's enough to merit a point, though. That's really interesting, and I appreciate that. End of the day, what matters is our word. And... I think our listening public needs to know that we both want great drinks. Even more than winning. Right. Although it's, you know. Yeah, despite our, yeah, despite our stake in this, we're here for the greater good. We're public servants, really. It's a tough job. Right. Let's leave that for now. Adaptable. <laughs> now, I, here's the interesting thing. I think they're both adaptable with tonic. Yes. But I think we ought to try them with tonic and garnish and see if that separates them. I think you're right, because things are really tight right now. Yeah. Let's add a lime to these, because that's your traditional gin and tonic garnish. And seeing as part of our scoring system is a gin and tonic, that just seems the place to go. All right. Lime it is. Man, with lime and tonic, that Plymouth is just good. It really is, isn't it? It's like that quintessential gin and tonic that you sort of think about. Now, the Opier is really good with tonic. Lime, not as much. Lime's not the garnish for the Opier and tonic. Yeah. I'm feeling like we got to give the adaptable point to Plymouth. I'm going to agree with you there, and it didn't take the, the lime to tell me that. I think that as far as gin cocktails go... Nine times out of ten, I would probably reach for the Plymouth over the Opier going into a cocktail. There's a few cocktails I would go for the Opier on because of its strong pepper flavor, because of its complexity, because of everything else that it has going on. But by and large, I don't think you can go wrong with any gin cocktail grabbing a bottle of Plymouth for it. All right. Well, that gives us one-to-one with a slight lean, but we're not sure enough on balanced, which means we better hit snap. Might as well. Sophistication? I don't see a point here. No? Action Spice Rit? One of the original purveyors to the British Navy. Fair enough. Novelty? No. I don't... Opier is really interesting, 
Maybe it's got a little novelty, but I not enough it. of an edge. Uh, I mean, again, you know, one of the original purveyors to the British Navy. I, yeah, I, and that just lends a little bit more credibility to one of those traditional category-defining UK gins. Availability. I'm going to have to go with Plymouth on this one. Opier is fairly widely available, but Plymouth is widely available worldwide. Yeah, I have to agree. As I was saying earlier, when I couldn't find a bunch of other top-notch gins, there was Plymouth. It's right there. And in 8 of 10 decent liquor stores, it's going to be there. Price, really close. Super close. I mean, a dollar to a bottle, at least at our local shops. I, You know, you look online, you'll see you know, a, a wide variety of prices, but bottom line, it fairly close. Yeah, a dollar to a bottle, even five bucks a bottle, we're not giving a point for that. No. Which means we've got a slight edge for availability and a slight edge for balanced, both into Plymouth. Yeah. Everything else nets out to zero. True. Well, that makes Plymouth this week's winner. By a nose. Right. And if I could nominate Opier to go into the second chance bracket. I would like to. Absolutely. Opier is good enough to be an almost as good seed in the winner's bracket, to be honest. Yeah, it's a really great gin. It just went up against the monster in this game. It really did. And if it hadn't been a little bit less adaptable, it might have pulled it out. True. Well, there you go. For this week, we have had a really excellent set. There was not one of these four that I thought no, no, no. No, they were all delicious. Really great night. And the thing that separates the winners from the also-rans, you can pronounce them. Wow. <laughs> all right. A night that started out with a play-in round of some other UK gins. We had an incredibly close, slight victory for Plymouth, and a new appreciation for me, anyway, for Opier. Not a bad night. Not a bad night at all. We'll see you next week when we have more awesome gins and we move toward the final tournament for the gin season. And honestly, both Plymouth and Opier deserve to make that one. Oh, we'll see both of these guys again. Absolutely. Until then, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website for more information, 199proof.com. Follow us on Instagram, 199proof data driven drinking, all one word. Follow us on Twitter, at 199 underscore proof. And find us on Facebook. Send us what you're drinking and let us know what gins you'd like to see featured on future episodes. Cheers. Cheers.